Hey yo, and welcome to the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I'm Sabrina, here to chat with you about what it takes to look and feel like a badass. Fun fact, it's not about 1200 calorie diets and workouts you hate. Nope. Instead, we'll talk about lifestyle habits, mindset, and attitude around sleep, stress management, nutrition, and movement, all dumped in a great big bucket of self-awareness and personal growth. Each week, I'll give you strategies and actions that you can apply directly into your day-to-day life so that you're making sustainable changes over time. So if you're ready to get your shit together, for reals this time, put on your sassy pants and get comfy. Let's do this. Hey, yo, welcome back. Thanks for joining me today. You know what, guys? I'm here, and I'm not really sure what I'm going to chat with you about today, but I'm here. I'm showing up in the most authentic way that I can. If you follow me on Instagram, then you know that I had to unexpectedly say goodbye to my pup, Bella, last Friday. It'll be a Friday the 13th to remember, though not for the reasons I'd like to remember. I owe such a debt of gratitude to everyone who reached out with kind and gentle words of support. Losing Bella was one of the most painful experiences of my life, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not okay. I'm, I'm still not okay. It hasn't really been that long. You know, I've been through a lot in my life, and it's, um, it never ceases to amaze me how each big loss in my life feels so completely overwhelming and so different from other losses. So... Anyway, there's just a lot that I'm trying to process right now and doing the best I can. There's a part of me that's a little self-conscious about how much pain I'm in because there are so many people, uh, parents mostly, who have the perspective of it's a dog, not a child, or, you know, not a person, maybe not just a child. I don't know. Maybe I'm drawing conclusions that aren't really there. But at least this is, you know, some perspective that I've seen from the outside looking in. I'm happy to say that has not actually been the reaction that I've gotten from most people or really anyone. Uh, Maybe it's just because dog people tend to flock together, but the people who have been providing support and kind words to me, they also have their own stories of, uh, you know, their own painful losses, and it's really just heartbreaking And every one of them is still grieving that loss in some way. It's, you know, not the the same sharp pain from a fresh loss, but it's grief all the same. But anyway, as a child-free woman in my mid-30s, having lost my closest confidant and snuggle buddy, the hard times are really real right now. And there's a lot that I'm trying to adjust to in a life without her. You know, I knew that she was a really, really big part of my day-to-day life, and I knew that I loved her in, you know, just this huge way that's never really going to fade, but yeah, things, things are hard. So this is right on the heels of having uh, one of my best friends move in, and for as much of an adjustment as that has been, I'm really grateful for the company. Ultimately, the last three to four months have been a whirlwind of trauma and new experiences, and quite frankly, I'm not entirely sure which way is up. The stress and exhaustion are real, and I often find myself mid-task having come completely unplugged, and I have no idea how long I've been staring off into space or just checked out. Please understand, this is not a pity party by any stretch. 
I'm sharing all of this with you for a couple of reasons. One, so much of this podcast and what I share on social media is my way of opening the door so that I can earn your trust. With the topics that I talk about here, shit can get really personal. Your health and well-being journey is personal. There's a lot of vulnerability there. As such, it's important to me that you can get to know me and understand my approach and experiences to earn your trust. Who am I to be telling you how to navigate these situations in your life or guiding you in that process? The best way that I know how to do that is to demonstrate through practice of what I'm going through. It's messy and it's imperfect, but I hope that it gives you a realistic sense of who I am, where I'm coming from, how I practice what I preach and what it looks like, and earn your trust in the process. Two, sharing real life challenges in real time is a great way to demonstrate what all of my advice and coaching looks like in practice. You know, I mentioned that it's messy. I guess this kind of feeds into one of my biggest pet peeves about the health and wellness industry, which I've I've bitched about before on this podcast, let's be honest, but it's that the advice always seems like it's based on ideal circumstances. That's really not helpful. It's not helpful because it seems like there's no such thing as ideal circumstances in reality. So at least for me, when I would read an article or watch a YouTube video or whatever, and I would tick off all the reasons in my head why that advice that I was taking in wouldn't work for me or how I'd have to tweak something, I'd get pretty frustrated. And as a coach, I've talked through common advice and guidance with clients before and on this podcast before. And you know what one of the biggest parts of coaching is? It's guiding the client through the real life shit that gets in the way of all of the best practices, top tips, and other bullshit. Anyone can read what that you know, is supposed to look like or what you're supposed to do, quote unquote, supposed to do, or check out YouTube videos of, you know, how to do all of these things. But none of it really goes into what that looks like while you're dodging flying bullshit. I'm just saying. I guess I shouldn't say bullshit because the information and guidance out there isn't bad. It's just generic as fuck, which makes it really not helpful. And I also realize that I've just talked about bullshit in two different contexts. One in the context of the information that you're receiving being bullshit and the other being all of the bullshit that you're dealing with in your life. So I'm sure that was royally confusing. Hopefully you're, hopefully you're following along with me on that and just rolling with it because this is, this is where we're at today. This is what I have to bring to the table for you today. So anyway, I'm speaking in a lot of vague terms, which I'm sure isn't real helpful here, but I'll get into some specifics here in a minute and kind of talk through what that looks like. I think that might kind of help add some some color to this this bland example. But anyway, letting you in and talking about how these tips and practices look and the scope of these things happening in my life is one of the ways I approach helping you take standard pieces of advice and guidance and looking at it differently through the lens of what real life looks like for you and how you can tweak it to make it work for you. Hopefully that makes sense. In a lot of ways, this conversation really builds on a couple of previous podcast episodes I did. Um, One of them is number 14, Rebuilding After a Life Change, and number 21, Supporting Yourself During a Crisis. I'll link to those in the show notes. 
In rebuilding after a life change, I gave multiple steps for how to regroup and take action to manage your stress and get back into a healthy routine when your world has been flipped upside down for whatever reason. And the information about how to support yourself during a crisis is actually really similar to what I've been talking about here, which is that standard advice doesn't really account for what to do when shit gets real and how you can still support yourself in those moments. I need to refresh my podcast episode categories so that I can group things into playlists for you guys. This playlist would be called Surviving the Shit Show. Anyway, in both of those episodes, the first two tips I give are almost exactly the same, and they're basically, one, give yourself grace and space, and two, determine your priorities and know that it's okay if your priorities have changed or continue to change because they probably will. These are the steps that I'm still in. And I guess that's one thing I could have done a little bit better or gone into further in either or both of those episodes. I don't talk about how long to stay in each step or, you know, if there is overlap or what that looks like. But you'll camp out in some of these steps for a while and others could be quick and easy. Right now, I'm camped out in both of these steps simultaneously. For example... I'm conscious and aware of the healthy habits I should, quote unquote, should be doing. Some of them I'm doing okay, and some of them not so much. I have a tendency to eat my feelings. I'm an emotional eater. Consequently, there have been many a bad life decision when it comes to my eating choices lately. And that's okay. This isn't to say that I think it's healthy to be an emotional eater by any stretch, I think if that's something that you struggle with, then it's definitely a good idea to get help, whether that's through coaching or preferably therapy. As I've said multiple times before, I'm a big advocate for counseling and therapy, and I practice what I preach. I meet with a counselor on a regular basis, and I work through emotional processing in a healthy way. It's a work in progress. And if I still eat Oreos or Reese's peanut butter cups for breakfast... I don't then spend the rest of the day panicking because I didn't make the most nutritious choice for myself. I'm not going to throw up my hands and say, well, I guess today is ruined and then eat all of the garbage in sight. And I don't say, oh my God, I can't believe that I just did that and spend the rest of the day trying to figure out how to burn off those calories or restricting what I eat the rest of the day. I don't. I just move on. To put it another way, instead, I recognize that I'm eating this way because I'm sad. I'm scared and I'm unsettled, and I utilize other decisions throughout the day to make decisions that are going to be better for me. I drink water when I want soda. I have chicken, rice, and veggies for dinner. I go to spin class. I continue to take walks, as weird as they feel now without Bella. Sincerely, that one is very difficult for me right now. But I make these choices in moderation. Like, what would I do in a standard situation where I'm not in crisis, where I'm not grieving, where I'm not trying to adapt to, you know, this different life? My point is I'm giving myself space and grace to grieve, process, and adjust. In both my work and in my home life, I've been a bit of a lone ranger for quite a while now. And in both places, that's now changing. I share my living space with one of my very best friends. And my manager and a team lead on my team at work have been amazing advocates for bringing in other members of my team to cross-train and support the work that I do so that I'm not floating out on an island by myself anymore. On both fronts, it's both a great big sigh of relief and really scary because 
I've been on my own for so long. That's what I know how to do. So there's a lot to adjust to. As gross of an analogy as this is, I feel like a raw open wound right now. And now I'm just trying to take care of myself in the best way that I know how. So grace and space. I'll probably be camped out here for a good long time while I take time to adjust, especially with the understanding that there are likely more big life changes to come. And then there's determining priorities and allowing those priorities to be a bit nebulous, flexible, or as I like to say, gooey. My biggest priority right now is finding a doable balance of the things that I know are going to support me the most. So when I say the things that are going to support me the most, these are the things that I talk about often, the four wellness pillars that really contribute to this overall healthy and well lifestyle to help you look and feel your best. So that's sleep, stress management, nutrition, and movement. So for me, here's what what this looks like in those four categories. For sleep, I'm trying to settle back into an evening routine. My timing has been late for me and I'm adjusting to not having Bella to take care of in the evening and in the morning. I'm finding my stride and starting there. Yes, my blue light exposure is too much for good sleep habits and I'm inconsistent with what time I go to bed and I'm going to bed too late. There's plenty of room for improvement. But for right now, I'm just trying to figure out the right steps for me that will support me the most and reestablish those habits. Will I stretch, do yoga, read, journal? I have no idea. I'm playing around with my options to try and figure it out. That's my first step with getting a handle on my sleep. For stress management, I'm still journaling. I walk and I'm working really, really hard to not shut out the people in my life. I know that interacting with people is good for managing my stress, especially because I have friends who are truly amazing at making me laugh and I need all the laughter in my life that I can get right now. It's hard for me to be accepting and to bring that into my life when I am grieving and sad and I really just want to curl up under a blanket and sleep for days and days. But I'm working on it and that's the point. It's a work in progress. For nutrition, I am working on mindfully incorporating my nutrient-dense go-to foods back into my routine. Last week when I was in and out of the vet clinic with Bella, it was basically a free-for-all. This week I have my hard-boiled eggs for breakfast. Sure, throughout the day, I still eat like a child sometimes with peanut butter toast, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, hot dogs, and candy. Can you tell that peanut butter is a little bit of a comfort food for me? I learned that about myself in the last few weeks. I think I always kind of knew it to some extent, but it's been really obvious uh, in the last couple of weeks in particular. The point is, I'm starting with breakfast. My hard-boiled eggs are quick and easy to prepare, I can do it in advance and then I don't have to worry about it the rest of the week. And when I have the energy, I'll pair fruit or berries with my hard-boiled eggs. And sometimes my roommate makes bacon and I have a couple slices of bacon with it, which is kind of cool because I don't normally get to have bacon because it's just me, myself, and I, and I only have so much energy and attention for things like that. But anyway, I'm incorporating my go-tos back into my eating routine a little at a time and that's enough for right now. The rest of it is just mindfulness about, you know, knowing when I'm going overboard on sugar or I'm lacking fruits and vegetables or I need to, you know, prioritize more water and things like that. 
I'm very well aware. I'm withholding judgment and I know that I'll get there. I'll get there. It's just going to take me a little bit of time because I don't need or want to try and do it all at once. For movement, I'm keeping my walks as best I can, at least one a day. I haven't always succeeded with it, but now that I'm out of crisis mode and more in recovery mode, this part has been a little bit easier. Also, I went to spin class this week. I didn't particularly want to, but I had two thoughts that really prompted me to go. One was that I coordinate this class as part of my job, and it's a good idea for me to show up. But the other, and one that honestly carried just as much weight as the feeling of obligation to go, was that the last time I went to spin class, I felt really great afterward. I felt accomplished, energized, and refreshed. Yes, sweaty and tired too, but there was a lot of feel-good happening there. So with that, I went this week. It was hard, but I felt good, and I was glad that I went. I know that one of the things that will help me a lot will be getting back into a lifting routine because lifting weights and having strength gains are really my favorite when it comes to healthy movement. That's what really helps me feel like a badass. My garage, which doubles as my workout space, was taken over for a while by my friend and new roomie, but he very kindly prioritized getting things into a storage unit and has been very respectful of getting that space back to me so that I can get back to my workouts. Thank you for that, my friend. Once I have that space reorganized and usable, I'm going to use it when I want and or can tell my body needs it. I'm in recovery mode. I don't need to be gung-ho about a perfectly dialed-in routine. I need to just get back into the habit of moving my body in a way that feels good at a cadence I can handle mentally and emotionally. Notice that with all of these things, I'm not being super strict or stringent about any of it. As I start to work my way out of this grace and space part and get more into thoughtful planning, I may put more structure around it, but for right now, just being mindful and paying attention to how I feel and what my body needs is where I'm focusing. Because for me, that's a realistic and balanced, sustainable approach. And I know that with all of these things that I'm talking about, it might sound a little bit counterintuitive to things I've talked about in the past about like picking one thing and sticking with it and getting good at it. And yes, there's still some truth to that. At the same time, none of the things that I am working on right now are strict enough to the point where I really feel like I need to master these in order to accomplish a goal. The only thing I'm trying to do right now is reestablish the healthy habits that I had before and that come naturally to me because I've been at this for a while. I know what things work well for me. I know what kind of a homeostasis looks like for me. And so there are some basics that as I start to recover, I can start incorporating some of those things. And because I'm still in this, you know, grace and space element of it, it's okay if it's all a little imperfect. It's okay if I, you know, have bitten off a little bit more than I can chew because the idea right now is to stabilize. And when I am ready to put more structure around it, maybe at that point I can step back and take a look and I can say, okay... I really wanted to get better about my eating habits and I really didn't do all that great while I was still in this grace and space phase and reprioritizing. So maybe that's going to be my priority when I 
am really looking at the bigger picture again and getting back on track a little bit more specifically. And, you know, the rest of it, I just kind of leave alone, right? It really kind of depends on the the individual circumstances. And for me, this is what's going to work for me. This is what I'm happy with, content with, comfortable with. And it might look different for you. The things that I went through for, you know, all four of those pillars, that may have sounded completely overwhelming. And in which case, my recommendation is always to start with sleep. Because from my perspective, when the sleep is suffering, it's really, really hard to get a good grip on the rest of it. Because it's really hard to do those things and make progress when you're exhausted. So take that for what it's worth. If it sounds messy, it's because it is. Because all of us are different. How we handle things in crisis mode is different. How we grieve is a little bit different. It's all imperfect. And the idea here is just to walk you through how I approach this and it's up to you to then take it and decide if that approach works for you or what you would want to tweak for you, where you would want to focus, what your priorities might look like. You know, for a lot of people when they're in crisis mode, they can't even think about exercise or movement at all. And I get that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So just keep in mind as a takeaway from this, that what I do is not necessarily the right or only way to do it. It's how I'm doing it because it's how I believe it's going to work best for me. So to regroup, kind of come back from my little tangent there. Yes, I have these goals for building strength and getting back to feeling badass in my body, but I'm adjusting to having a roommate. I just lost my dog suddenly and unexpectedly and far too soon, she wasn't quite eight. And with all of these changes going on, it's important to understand and be okay with the fact that things aren't going to be perfect. My habits aren't going to be completely dialed in. I'm going to make less than awesome choices sometimes, and it's okay. I know it's not forever, and I know how I'm slowly going to reincorporate practices and habits back into my life that are going to support me in looking and feeling like a badass, which again, (laughs) this is the end goal, right? And, uh, you know, my thought process is that for you listening to this, that's also your goal. And what that looks like to you could be different than what it looks like for me. And that's okay, too. The idea is that at the end of the day, we want to look and feel our best without obsessing about it. And, you know, in the middle of this process, I may very well get hit with another crisis or big life change with how things have been since March 2020. Chaos is just sort of the norm, and now it's all about learning to go with the flow and figure out how to live a life I can feel good about while dodging bullshit. That just made me think of dodgeball in general, and I was always terrible at dodgeball, so you group that with like this imagery of dodging bullshit, and it's just really gross. (laughs) I didn't mean to go there. Sorry. Tangent. Um, And yeah, sorry, not sorry, actually. Anyway, I hope that this was some helpful perspective about how to incorporate some healthy practices, tips, and advice into real-world, messy, painful, scattered, difficult situations. Because social media and wellness corporations can make everything look really pretty and glossy, but that's, let's, it's just not real. (laughs) So let's focus on how all of this looks in reality and how you can still succeed that way. 
I'm going to be right here alongside you. I'd love to get your thoughts on this or chat through any questions you might have about what this looks like. Maybe hear how you have, you know, reincorporated healthy habits into your life after a crisis or a big life change. I know I've very much neglected my Facebook community while my life has been imploding, but as I start to recover and return to all of this, I have some plans and ideas for making that group an engaging community, and it's one of the areas where I'll be giving a little more love to in the the near future. If you're part of that community, thank you for your patience with me on that. I know it's been um, a little bit of dead space for a while. I have some plans for it, so hang in there with me. You know, trying to do all of these things and navigate chaos, things happen slowly. So it's not just the health and wellness stuff What that, you know, it happens slowly. You got to be patient and nurture it and love it and not give up. So if you're in that community... Thank you for being there. There's more to come. If you're not part of that community, I will link to it in the show notes so that you can join if you would like. The idea is to bring voice to these conversations other than my own because we all have our own unique experiences and things that we've been through and things that we've struggled with and, you know, ways that we've overcome those things. And I would love to get those voices into these conversations. And if you're one of my clients... Thank you so much for the grace you've given me during this time, knowingly or unknowingly, and know that I haven't forgotten about you and your success is still important to me, so be ready. We're going to be diving back into things very soon. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode, as messy or scattered as it may have been. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Do something that makes you smile. If you happen to have any fur babies at home, Please give them a great big hug and kiss for me, and I'll catch up with you next time. Later. Many thanks for joining me for another episode of the Badass is the New Skinny podcast. I hope today's chat gave you some things to noodle on and that you're walking away feeling inspired and empowered to live a badass life. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please snag a screenshot of this episode and post it on Instagram, tag a friend or two, and tag me at sa.brina.brina. That's S-A dot B-R-I-N-A dot B-R-I-N-A. And include the hashtag Badass is the New Skinny. If you could also drop me a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, it would mean the world to me. For more of the good stuff, head on over to my website at sabrinabrina.com. Catch you next time. Later. Later.